turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Everybody, it's another Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer, and this happens to be a uh, first off. Don't play that song, Bruce Springsteen. His new uh, cover album coming out, uh, I guess, in about a week or so. Um, I know it's not this week. I know he's doing an interview with Howard Stern on Monday on Sirius. In fact, I believe it is Howard's uh, return to the studio uh, since the pandemic, which is kind of cool. But I, th- I don't think the album's out. This coming week, I think it's out uh, the following week. I think it's the 7th or the 8th or something like that. No, because that's Election Day. They wouldn't release the album on Election Day. Well, whatever. Anyway, it's coming out soon, and Bruce's voice has never sounded better. And he says on this album, he doesn't play guitar, he doesn't play any instruments. It's just him singing, which I think is kind of cool. And uh, let's not forget, he's going to be doing a uh, a tour next year. We'll be going back out in the U.S. He'll be back out across the, uh, across the globe. And... Um, Kudos to him. Again, I've said this before. If you have not seen Bruce Springsteen in concert, you are missing out on something uh, because he is amazing um, in in concert, ladies and gentlemen. It's just it's, uh, nothing better. Uh, you know how to follow me, all the many different ways to follow me. We're also on the Hopped Up Network along with iHeart and Odyssey.com and all those other great places uh, that you can listen to the program. But coming up in 10 minutes, a rebroadcast of the special show that I did last month with Chuck Garrity of Death of the Fox Brewing. It's all about his lawsuit against the New Jersey Alcohol Beverage Control. Nothing has really changed uh, in the last month, not surprising. Uh, I think this is going to kind of go at a glacial pace until uh, it gets to a trial, if it even gets to try, to trial. We're going to chat about all of those things over the next three segments coming up. But we do have some news here, some new stuff. I was on vacation this week, this past, this past week for a couple of days, so I really didn't have time to put a new show together. And the next couple of weeks are actually going to be pretty challenging for me because after this coming week, which will be a full week for me at work, I'm on three-day weeks the next couple of weeks because I'll be in San Diego. Um, and so I, I leave on a Thursday, I come back on a Monday, and then I'm, I'm, I'm off the Tuesday and I'm back you know, for three days, and then it's three days, and then it's Thanksgiving. So uh, the show is going to be you know, bouncing all over the place uh, for the next couple of weeks as we are coming up on the end of 2022. Can you believe it? Just two months away. Uh, to the end of the year. So that's pretty wild. Anyway, let's dive into news and notes. There's plenty to get to here uh, in this one new segment of a of a, of a best-of show. Uh, as I've said, the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival, I've been talking all about this. June 3rd and 4th, Baderfield. Tickets on sale December 1st for just the beer. The announcements, the artist announcements, coming up in January and February. And from what I'm hearing, it's going to be a banger of an event. The adjacent festival is taking place the week before Memorial Day weekend, 
uh, on the beach. And you know what? The prices for that show are astronomical. It's ridiculous. You get so much more bang for your buck at the AC Beer Music Festival. Anybody that complains about the ticket price at the Atlantic City Beer Music Festival, you're out of your mind. You can get tickets on December 1st. I think it's 50 bucks. 50 bucks for four for four hours, one session, four hours, all the beer you can drink, free music. All you got to pay for is food and knickknacks and stuff if you want to get stuff. You can't get a better deal. Can't get a better deal. And Baderfield is awesome. Westfield Hops is coming up Saturday, November 12th at the Westfield Armory in Westfield, New Jersey. It's from 6 to 9.30 p.m. 100 styles of craft beer, a lot of local favorites, live music from Mr. Lovejoy, great food from Angry Archie's The Bearded One Barbecue, which is fantastic barbecue, by the way. So many uh, cool things to do. Um, prices are increasing tonight at midnight uh, uh, and again on November 6th, 21 and over with picture ID. Uh, I can't make it to this event. I'll be in San Diego but Allison always puts on great events. If you're in the area, if you're in Union County or in the surrounding counties, go to it. You can get to it by train. It's a couple block walk from the train station. It's not that bad uh, on the Raritan Valley line. It is definitely worth it. Now, the boys at Bolero Snort, they're at it again. Uh, join them November 19th, uh, which is a Saturday. They're going to host their first ever Festival of Friendship featuring 10-plus tap lines of collabs from some of their friends, live music from Unexplained Bacon and Newton Crosby in the afternoon, and the release of the 2022 Bergen County Bull Stout line. The tap list, more details coming up soon. Uh, the, they're going to have the full brewery lineup. We'll get that information to you uh, when it happens. I will be there uh, for the uh, for the 19th. There's going to be some great stuff going on. I believe it ends in early December, which I don't think I'm going to be able to make because I'm coming back from Atlantic City that day. I'm going to see Greta Van Fleet the night before. I think it's the 10th. That it ends. Uh, but November 19th is the kickoff to this, this festival of friendship. A lot of different collabs. I, I, I'll let the cat out of the bag on one of them because I, I know about this already. I believe the uh, bake sale between Bolero and Source will be released that day as well uh, at this event uh, or will be on tap. So uh, that's kind of cool. I'll be there at that event. I'll be there for a couple of hours. If you're in the area, if you're near uh, East Rutherford, Carlstadt, uh, join us no, Saturday, November 19th. It's going to be a lot of fun. Not doing a show there. Uh, but I will definitely be there to drink and uh, chat you up if, uh, if you're there and we can, uh, we can have some fun. Also, in the spirit of Halloween, Bolero announced this past weekend uh, they took everyone's favorite spooky cereals and turned them into a cereal lineup of beers. Frank and Bully, it's a sour ale brewed with strawberries, vanilla, and breakfast cereal like uh, Frank and, uh, is it Frankenstein? Frank and Berry? Frank and Berry. That's it. Uh, this is Frank and Bully. Uh, Count Chalk Bula. <laughs> An imperial stout that's brewed with cocoa, marshmallows, and, of course, cow chocula. And Mooberry, a sour ale brewed with blueberries, vanilla, and breakfast cereal like blueberry cereal. So that's pretty cool. Each beer individually brewed with its specific cereal. Uh, the specific cereal. The Monster Mash series uh, is already on the taps at Bolero and is only available in the tasting room and for home delivery. So you can't get it anywhere else. It's not going out to distro, which is really cool. Uh, Bagby Beer, Live Laugh Lager, their first all-lager festival, Low and Slow, was so much fun last year. They're bringing it back. Um, so they're finalizing the beer list. Uh, dozens of incredible beers uh, from some, uh, some of the best brewers in the country. Now, this is taking place on November 19th. I wish I was out there. You know, th- there's so many things going on now in San Diego on the 19th of November. I should have delayed the, the trip for a week, and I would have been you know, trying to take part in all these great events. So anyway... Um, they're going to have uh, dozens of incredible beers for some of the best brewers in the country. Many headed to Oceanside to enjoy Low and Slow. 
it's a, a uh, they're saying it's going to be a glorious afternoon on the coast. I'm trying to get Jeff Bagby on the program uh, while I'm there to do an interview so we can talk, actually talk about this event, although by the time it airs, it'll have already happened. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out, but hopefully we can get him on the program. Now, what you get for your ticket price, you get a lovely a 0.5 custom-branded uh, Sam mug to keep. The event runs from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. If you're a VIP, you get in at noon. Uh, the standard pour size will be a, a quarter liter. Larger pours will be available. Extra pours will be available. Over 50 lagers will be flowing from incredible breweries. Plenty of seating. Uh, it's going to be a great event. Bagbybeer.com slash lagerfest to read more. Grab your tickets. Uh, this is going to be a really cool event. And Bagby puts out some delicious lagers. That's another reason why I'm looking forward to going there in Oceanside, uh, California, in a couple of weeks. So cool stuff there. Wheatstone Beer Company. Um has decided that they've reimagined their packaging to celebrate their love of adventure and respect for the environment with fully recyclable cans and labels with a surprise inside, a keepsake peel-off sticker on every can. So the custom labels imagined by Wheatstone Beer Company co-owner Tim Brady were developed over a year-long process with a U.S. label manufacturer. They're the first to incorporate a built-in removable sticker within a fully recyclable beer can label. The peel-off sticker concept embraces brew culture, where beer and brewery stickers collected, traded, and used as artwork on sticker walls at stores, restaurants, breweries, ski chalets, and construction shops, among others. For individuals, beer sticker cover coolers, water bottles, laptops, man caves, and she sheds to represent favorites and themes. Now, I have a refrigerator downstairs that was given uh, to us by the previous owners of um, the house that we purchased, and um, it's adorned with beer stickers all over the front of it. I don't have them on the sides. I have a little bit on the sides, but because one side is up against the wall, I decided not to do that. And the refrigerator's covered now. I mean, there's no room to put another sticker on there at all. And it's all different. You know, one side is sort of New Jersey breweries. The other side is national breweries. And I kind of just stickered, you know, all over the place. And I have so many stickers that if I have to get another refrigerator, the next one will be covered <laughs> without too much of a problem. So that's kudos to Wheatstone for creating a sticker within a beer label and the can and the, the beer label, fully recyclable. That's pretty cool. The cruise line, Holland America, saying cheers to its 150th anniversary by introducing a limited edition Pilsner beer. It's called Hal Pils, Holland America line. Uh, it's made in partnership with Pike Brewing in Seattle. It'll be served on board across the fleet. Holland America line chose the Seattle-based brewing company to honor the location of their U.S. headquarters and position as Seattle's hometown Cruise Line at Pilsner was selected due to its classic European style and newfound popularity in the craft brewing world. I don't know if it's newfound popularity. I think, just think it's one of those beers that it takes longer to make. And so a lot of brewers weren't making it because they were trying to crank stuff out quickly uh, to make sales, especially during the pandemic. Um, it's a zesty, bright, refreshingly hoppy brew. Hal Pils made with mosaic hops, an iconic hop from the Yakima Valley in Washington State, yielding floral and light melon flavors, big aroma, and a dry finish. The commemorative can... Adorned with the iconic Jan van Beers poster of 1898, showing a woman in nautical blue dress and striped white hat that mirrors the funnels of the Holland America Line steamship she's holding above her head. It'll be available in bars and lounges fleet-wide starting in January of next year. Six-packs will also be available for purchase in the shipboard shops. For more information, hollandamerica.com or to consult a travel advisor just give them a ring at one eight seven seven sale hal That's 877-724-5425. Kudos to Holland America for doing that. So that's cool. So a beer specifically made for the cruise line done by Pike 
brewing really cool. The sixth annual Capital of Craft Collaboration IPA uh, is is out. It's epic. The limited edition release for San Diego Beer Week, available exclusively in San Diego County beginning November 4th for San Diego Beer Week. A countywide tapping and kickoff toast at 7 p.m. Pacific on November 4th. Uh, this is cool. I'll be looking forward to trying this while I'm out there because it'll definitely be on tap at some locations, which is kind of cool. Uh, Nitro Fest. This is from our friends at Left Hand Brewing. The biggest international celebration of nitro beer in the galaxy back next year. It'll touch down at Mission Ballroom across the plaza from Left Hand Brewing's new Denver location on March 4th from 4 to 7.30 p.m., followed by an interstellar musical performance by world-renowned musician and record producer Ott. Uh, presented by Left Hand Brewing, Nitro Fest, an out-of-this-world nitro-exclusive beer festival featuring an invite-only list of acclaimed U.S. and international breweries. As always, Nitro Fest, a themed and costumed affair, expected dress, cosmic masquerade. Guests are encouraged to dress to impress in their finest space and alien garb. So all the beers that will be there will be poured exclusively on Nitro. Um, they're proud to welcome 40 invitation-only breweries, including international, regional, and local Colorado breweries, uh, they're bringing special one-off creations and brews that will be available exclusively at Nitro Fest. Left Hand will be sharing Milk Stout Nitro, Peanut Butter Milk Stout Nitro, in addition to special brews on tap only for Nitro Fest. Tickets are on sale now at uh, axs.com uh, slash events. Just do a search for ot-tickets. Uh, general admission VIP ticket packages range from 85 to $150. When we come back after a short break, the next three segments... Chuck Garrity, Death of the Fox Brewing, a rebroadcast of a show that I did about a month ago. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to this best of edition of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Chuck Garrity from Death of the Fox Brewing joined me a few weeks back for a special interview about his lawsuit against the New Jersey Alcohol Beverage Control. And without further ado, here it is. And then a lot of times we focus on the New York and New Jersey uh, area uh, because it's very important uh, that we do that because we're obviously we're based out of New York. I live in New Jersey and the beer scene in both New York and New Jersey um, is huge, especially more so in New York than it is in New Jersey. And the reason for that is because of the restrictions that New Jersey lawmakers have put uh, into effect. There was some relaxing of the rules back in, in, 20, uh, in 2011-2012 when Governor Christie was the governor, uh, signed legislation to, um, to relax those rules a little bit, to allow breweries to expand. And, you know, let's face it, over the last 10 years, uh, breweries have expanded uh, in the Garden State. But they honestly they should have expanded a lot more uh, and they haven't and part of it is the rules that were passed back in 2012 were intended to start a conversation to modify the liquor license laws in the state of New Jersey which you know date back to prohibition well over 100 years ago and it's time that New Jersey gets its act together and get it into the 21st century. Uh, we're no longer living in the 20th century. It's time to get into the 21st century. And my guest here, my special guest on the program today, on this special edition of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast, um, he runs a brewery and a coffee joint that are in the same building. He's been doing great work on both the beer and the coffee. But as we've been discussing since the start of the summer, 
the ABC of New Jersey is, after a few years of COVID, finally enforcing and implementing rules that, in my opinion, clearly hurt the breweries. It doesn't level the playing field as they say it does. And many breweries have been vocal about it since the summer, but one brewery is finally taking legal action. Uh, whereas the legislature hasn't been able to do anything, they were out for the summer. Now we're in September here when we're taping this, uh, and still we're a couple of weeks in. We're almost at the end of September and the beginning of October, and nothing has been done. But finally, one brewery taking this legal action. Deathofthefoxbrewing.com is the website for more information on the brewery. But let me welcome back to this program, because we've had him on before, uh, Chuck Garrity, to this special edition of the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Chuck, welcome back. How are you, my friend? Hi, Al. I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, not too bad, but you, you've been up front, Chuck, uh, and very vocal about these changes in the NJABC since they were proposed back in 2019. In in your opinion, why do you feel that the ABC never listened to any of the advice and suggestions that so many breweries solicited to the ABC over the last you know two years? Uh, that's a that's a really excellent question. Um, but I, I think that, uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it's, it's tough to get into the minds of, um, you know, the bureaucrats and the, 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 uh, you know, the, the people who are kind of policing us. Um, you know, I can only guess to say that, you know, they are entrenched now. Um, I think what happens in government sometimes is that, you know, once some, once they get their mind of this and set some ground rules, and, you know, they, they, and of course, we know that a lot of those pressures, you know, that's why lobbying is, is so successful mm-hmm. in this country is because people, uh, you know, organizations, uh, you know, uh, business interests, uh, want to see, uh, regulations and legislations pushed a certain way. Right. Um, so I think, unfortunately, that's what happened. And this goes back to 2018 when the original um, uh, special ruling was was passed, you know. And if you look at the source of that, I think really, you know, one name comes to mind, and that's David Reibel, uh, who was the director of the uh, Alcohol Beverage Control in 2018 that passed that special ruling. Right. Um, he Before that, he was an assemblyman. Um, and... You know, it's public record that he had received thousands and thousands, you know, the thousands of, uh, of, of donations uh, from big, big liquor, you know, big beer and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the bar restaurant um, uh, uh, associations. And, you know, and so it's it's all public record. And but, you know, he was appointed as ABC director and wrote very harsh, very, you know, because I think there was a prevalent uh, uh, there was a prevalent idea out there that you know these the restaurants and bars and everything, especially licensed beverage holders, restaurants you know come in all shapes and sizes. Some of them don't have alcohol, and you know they don't really care as much. Right. But um, you know the the licensed beverage holders said, "Hey, wait a sec, we got to get control of these breweries. These breweries are out of control. It's the wild west, you know." And so so ba- so basically, and and the thing is that they didn't have any evidence for it. It was a lot of it was based out of fear. Um, but you know, uh, so director rival passed this incredibly harmful, um, special ruling in 2018. Now at that point, you know, uh, myself and, and a few other breweries kind of, um, got together and got a petition together, um, and got 35,000 signatures in a matter of a couple weeks and got that, sus- that, that ruling suspended. 
Um, and then subsequently after that, the director was let go. Um, you know, a temporary victory because and then in 2019, uh, a new director was appointed by Governor Murphy and basically brought back the same thing right. with one addition. You know, a, a couple of additions, but the one addition was brewery now can't serve coffee. Uh, I can tell you that we are the only we are the only coffee roastery coffee house and brewery in the state of New Jersey. And at that point were. So, you know, a lot of people thought, well, is that directed at you? And I, I just said, well, you know what? All we can do is fight it. We got our lawyers on it. We got grandfathered in. Mm. Um, but, you know, the, the challenge is uh, we can't have a second location. We can't grow in this state because it's illegal to have a a coffee roastery and uh, and craft brewery together, which, which is, is our. Which, Chuck, to be honest, is is the, one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. I, I don't understand. <laughs> that, just that rule alone Everyone should, yeah. everyone knows that that was specifically targeted towards you because, as far as I know, most people don't go to restaurants and bars in the state of New Jersey for a great cup of coffee. They're going there for food and for beverage. Yes, coffee is a beverage, but it has the, it has nothing to do with with that. And to be clear, for folks that don't know, this ruling that they said they can't serve coffee. So, uh, from what I understand from talking to a number of different brewers, um, it, you, I. I you, if I walk into a brewery and they have a coffee pot behind the counter, they cannot sell me that cup of coffee. But if that coffee is for consumption for the brewery employees, they're allowed to do that. Is that correct? Yeah, because they're not selling it to the public. Correct. This all has to do with, you know, retail. Sales right. right. You know, and again, you know, our, our concept was, uh, you know, there are, you know, people who appreciate great coffee for what it is and the roasting process and all, you know, it's very similar, actually. You know, we have a lot of cross, what I say, crossover fans. You know, mm-hmm. people who are really into good coffee tend to like really good craft beer. Um, and that's basically the origin of our business concept. Um, so, you know, the, the thing is, I, 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 getting back to your, uh, your question, I, I think that there was a lot of pressure, um, that, and, and what the ABC, uh, got ingrained uh, is this, and it, it, it goes right up to the office of the attorney general because mm-hmm. that's who the ABC reports to. Right. Um, and what they said is, well, you know, we're going to try to understand the, le- the legislator's intent of what you, you, you spoke of, you know, in 2012 when the original, um, statute was passed to allow breweries, you know, like ours to exist. Um, and, but basically, you know, this is the, the heart of the matter is this, Al. You know, when we started, when I got my license approved six years ago, there were two ground rules. No food tour required. That was it. Right. Okay. So many breweries went into that with, okay, well, you know what? I can work around these ground rules because I don't want to be a bar. I don't want to have a grease pit or, or a kitchen or, you know, anything like that. We, Correct. you know, I brew beer. I am a brewer. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's just kind of like, but going into that, we were like, okay, we can live with that. But what happened in 2018 and 2019 were all of these additional rules around limitations on events, on food trucks, not even being able to be, you know, adjacent to your, uh, your establishment. They tried to take away menus and then they put them, put them back. You know, um, they, they even met the number of charitable events we can have. Right. I mean, you know, we do events with the police department here in East Greenwich. We do things for the United Way and the Chamber of Commerce. All of those are limited as well. Yeah. It's, it, but, you know, the biggest thing for us is that we love Friday, Saturday nights. We, we usually have live music. 
Um, you know, we're, I, I'm a huge music guy. I think you are too. Sure, <laughs> so I, absolutely. You know, so, so, you know, and it's just giving, you know, we pay that out of our pocket to pay musicians right. to give our customers a great experience. Right. And our, our customers deserve to have a great experience if they're coming in. And you know what? Bars and, and, and uh, restaurants don't own live music. I'm sorry. There's nothing in the ABC regulations that say anything about, you know, that, that they have the, um, the privilege to, you know, to have, you know, a guy strumming a guitar. I mean, you know, we're also a coffee house. Coffee houses have live music all the time. Sure. I mean, ABC is not getting involved there. So it really is very bizarre. Um, all of it is just, if you read it, if you actually read the 24-page special ruling, you know, I mean, people are just aghast. They're like, I cannot believe this is happening in this day and age. Back with more of this best of edition of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast with Chuck Garrity from Death of the Fox Brewing in his lawsuit against the New Jersey ABC right after this on AM 970 The Answer. Welcome back to this best of edition of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Chuck Garrity from Death of the Fox Brewing joined me a few weeks back for a special interview about his lawsuit against the New Jersey Alcohol Beverage Control. Take a listen. Now, uh, you answered the first question that, uh, at least the, the question that I was going to ask, you're basically saying the ABC, part of your lawsuit, is you're saying that the ABC is not actually regulating alcohol, but they're actually regulating entertainment and the amount of events that you can hold uh, at your brewery, the amount of charity events that you can do, all of these things. That's the, the, the first part of it. Part of your, the other part of your lawsuit, you're saying that the ABC does not have the right to restrict events per se because it is an infringement of the First Amendment. Is that correct? So, yeah. I, so, really, the, the lawsuit is, 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 and I'll just correct you slightly there. Mm-hmm. So, um, what, we're saying that, what we're saying first is that the ABC failed to submit its rules for public notice and comment to the legislature for review which is required under the New Jersey Administrative Procedure Act, okay? Mm-hmm. So you have to, when you pass these types of rules that have an impact on people's livelihoods, you have to, you have to go through legislature for review, or at least attempt it, okay? You have to go through a public notice period. Usually it's 60 days, and it's called a comment period. Um, so be, you know why? Because that ensures transparency and accountability. Right. Um, that was not done at all okay so at heart this is a procedural lawsuit to say that the that the state of new jersey did not follow their own process and procedures on on legislative view on public notice uh on these types of what they're calling regulations they're not really regulations i mean they're not even they're not it's not legislation it's not regulation it is just rules made up by the director and the the ABC, which is really, you know, which reports up to, and, and this is like, you know, I, I know a little too much <laughs> government more than I would like, right. but the thing is, this reports, the ABC reports up to the executive branch. Right. What you need to remember is that the executive branch is there to enforce laws. They don't make laws. Correct. Okay? The legislature makes laws. Right. But in absence of what they're saying is, well, you know, there's a lot of gray areas, uh, we need to get control of this, so we're going to pass all of these additional laws. Well, they're actually, you know, they they are they are making law themselves, which is which is not, you know. So that's 
it's and and the thing is because of that the entire special ruling all of the 18 conditions on our licenses they didn't go through the 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 proper process that all gets struck down okay yeah, i i i and Right, and one and, person is the other. And Chuck, you know what? I I agree that that I think that that you're absolutely right. I mean, the ABC should have posted these rules. In fact, from what I heard from a number of different people that I spoke to over the last sixty days uh, plus, is that nobody was even informed that these rules, which basically didn't change from 2019, they were just kind of they were in place. They weren't really enforced. But now all of a sudden they're being enforced, and then you guys were basically told at the end of June, hey, by the way, these are going into effect literally a day or two before the legislature yes. walked out of session, correct? They gave they gave the Brewers Guild. Now, the other thing you have to mention, you know, there's two Brewers Associations, as right. you know, and I, I sit on the Brewers Guild of New Jersey. Uh, I, I sit on the, um, the uh, legislative um, council. So we, you know, committee where we actually, so I met with... Um, you know, the Speaker of the House, Coughlin, last week, a right. flying fish. I've met with several senators. So we are we are attempting to get the, the issue fixed long-term through updated, um, through the statute, you know, actually update. But that's, that's the longer-term process. But, you know, the thing is why we're, the lawsuit is about, you know, this is impacting breweries' ability to operate today. We are losing revenue. Because we are not able to, and that gets into the second part of your question, was around, so it's a procedural issue, but it's also a free speech issue, Mm -hmm. okay? This is a First Amendment issue, because the, uh, you know, we do not have the ability to market our business or advertise our business um, on, you know, on, on platforms like Instagram and Facebook. Right. Because... We are limited to 25 events a year. Al, we're open 360 days a year. Right. And we're limited to 25, okay? Right, and if people and don't so know whom 20- you are, if people don't know whom you are, Chuck, how are you supposed to be able to get that message out there, right? Are You, are, exactly. you know, if you don't want to spend, I mean, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple, right? So uh, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, you know, these are platforms that you can put your stuff out there for free. You can also buy ads if you want to to get a, to get a bigger reach. You could buy radio ads. You could buy television ads. But if you're not allowed to do those things to promote your business because you're being told by an organization in the state of New Jersey that you can only do 25 of these a year, uh, how how are you supposed to survive? You can't. Well, and and the the almost the, the what the ABC and. and not many people know this, but this is, it's almost laughable. I mean, I, I just, they're saying that you can hang posters in, in the four walls of your brewery to tell people, hey, you know, we have this music, musician playing or we have uh, a trivia night, for example. Um, but we can't advertise that outside of the four walls of our brewery. It reminds me, I'm an older guy. I, you know, I, I remember the 70s and 80s, but seriously, they are going back to like, the early 80s or the 70s to be able to say, hey, man, just put up a poster <laughs> instead of utilizing right. all of the, I mean, seriously, I mean, that's what they're saying. It's, they're saying you have, you have, you can, you can put it in the four walls. Well, if somebody happens to walk in the brewery and see it, that's great. But we can't use any yeah. other, you know, 21st century to it, advertise. It's the old, it's, and, it's the old shampoo commercial, Chuck. Tell two friends, they tell two friends and so on and so on and so on. But 
we're, we're in a digital age now. It, it is a completely yeah. different set of circumstances. Listen, we're talking with Chuck Garrity. He's the founder and president of Death of the Fox Brewing, located in Clarksboro, New Jersey. Deathofthefoxbrewing.com is the website for more information. Uh, Death of the Fox Brewing is suing the NJABC uh, because they feel, and I think they have a very strong case on this, that they're infringing upon their rights to conduct their business uh, as a brewery. Now, Chuck, I, before we run out of time, I, want, I do want to ask you a couple more questions. Governor Murphy has essentially been silent on this issue, save for a comment or two he's made in the press in the last three months. And basically, he has said in the one public comment, basically, that he said that the laws need to change at the state level, which you just talked about. And by that, I mean the liquor license laws. Now, you mentioned that you were a part of a meeting uh, at Flying Fish Brewing uh, about a week or so ago with the Assembly Speaker, uh, Craig Coughlin. Um, what, what came out of that meeting that was positive that we can tell the folks? Well, you know, I, I'd say, just to answer your question there, you know, that question was posed to Speaker Coughlin mm-hmm. um, after the meeting. And he, he clearly said, look, you know what, we need to fix the liquor laws and, you know, the prohibition era, you know, the cost of licenses and all that stuff. That, but this issue should not be intermingled with that. That was right. coming from the Speaker. Because, because the thing is, we'd be waiting another 10 years. Right. Right. No, no, no. You're I right. Mean, it's a longer term issue. There's so much vested interest in, in um, and there's so much to untangle the, uh, the very complex web of uh, interest involved in the licensing system in New Jersey is a completely different animal than striking down the harmful effects of these arbitrary rules. Right. Um, you know, so it really, people want to try to lump that together because, some some of the interests will say, hey, you know what, uh, you know, we should do everything at once. Well, we don't have the time. Breweries are going to are going to start, you know, um, going out of business because right. they are not able to attract people into their tasting rooms. Which is, I'm sorry, it's a valid business model, and that's the other thing that the state will not accept. They will, they just want us to be manufacturing, production focused suppliers for bars, restaurants, and liquor stores. Okay. That is not where breweries are in 2022, okay? Any other state, like New York, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, tasting room-centric business is, you know, I'm, I, people ask about uh, competition. They ask me, oh, aren't you worried about, like, these breweries popping up next to you or New Jersey? I said, I love the new uh, breweries in New Jersey. I have no concern about competition there. I do have concern about Pennsylvania, which is, you sure. know, 10, 15 minutes from me. Delaware, which is, you know, which is about 20 minutes south, um, because they can do, their breweries can do whatever they want. And really, you know, one of the, one of my other hats is I'm, you know, I'm chair of the Two Bridges Wine Beer Spirits Trail. And we're, this is a tourism thing. This is a beverage tourism. We're trying to attract people into this region of the state to enjoy our wineries, our breweries, our distilleries. Um, So we are truly handicapped. When you know, compared to Pennsylvania, where they are, they they appreciate and encourage their breweries. So, um, yeah, it's it's that that's my concern. It's it, you know, and and you know, as we speak about the liquor license issue and what you're talking about and what the speaker had discussed with you guys, I, I get it. I, I I know that they want to try and do everything at once, but th- a lot of the the rules that the ABC has put in are rules that could very easily be taken out without much of an argument 
from either side, whether it be the restaurant lobby or anything, because there's simple rules that can be simply eliminated. The liquor license laws, you're right, that's a, that's a five, ten-year battle down the road that is not going to be accomplished anytime soon, and it is something that should have started you know, 40 years ago but hasn't, but that's something that really should be off the table. They should get these other rules out of the way first, work on that as a, as a longer-term issue. Back with the final segment of this best of edition of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast with Chuck Garrity from Death of the Fox Brewing in his lawsuit against the New Jersey Alcohol Beverage Control right after this on AM 970 The Answer. Final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Thanks for joining me. There will be a new show next week, I promise, but I had taken a couple of days off, so... Uh, didn't want to stress myself out trying to put a show together in uh, a short period of time. So this is a best-of edition of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. Chuck Garrity from Death of the Fox Brewing down in South Jersey joined me a few weeks back for a special interview about his lawsuit against the New Jersey Alcohol Beverage Control. And here's the final segment of that interview right here on the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. So uh, here's the question that I have for you, Chuck. Do you get the sense, and I know that you've spoken with numerous politicians since the start of this nonsense. Do you get the sense that at least some of them know what is going on here with respect to the differences between what your license allows you to do and what a liquor license entitles the holder to do? Uh, I would say that we're getting there. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, there are some legislators, some assembly and uh, senators who really get it, who understand, who know the stuff almost better than I do. Mm -hmm. I mean, Senator Testa down in May. How many breweries there are down in Cape Net? You know, he takes ownership and he appreciates. And the thing is, the other thing is, I'm going to say this, is that this is not a partisan issue. This is not a Republican or Democrat issue. If people want to try to paint it as that, we have Democrats who are very supportive of Republicans. But what the, the thing is, it's, it's not that. It's people who kind of work in the back rooms taking money <laughs> versus, you know, for all kinds of reasons. Uh, donations and whatnot versus those who are trying to make a difference for small business owners. Right. I would say that, you know, the, the latter, the ones that are, uh, are, are very, you know, in my experience of in, in talking with them, I've probably talked to like 10 over the last month. Right. Um, you know, they, they get it, they understand it and they know that it needs to be fixed in the legislature. This is not an ABC issue. You know, the ABC needs to enforce alcohol related laws right and not, not tell and people you know they can't have a 65 inch tv right <laughs> I, I mean it's the, you know what what the abc is asking you guys to do and this is where i think it's wrong you're right the size of the tv can only be a certain size why what is that what does it t the size of a tv have anything to do with the beer or the coffee that you're serving nothing they want yeah. your employees yeah, yeah. to go through uh more rigorous training than a bartender or a waitress in a restaurant at, at their expense. That makes absolutely well, no sense fine. whatsoever. You know, as far as training, like that's one where we said, Hey, you know what? That's, but just be consistent about it. Right. If we have to get tips, certification and training for our people. It should be industry wide, which it's not right. Which tells you. Yeah, lot. no, no, no. I, I, I mean, clearly we know where, where the money is going and who they're, they're trying to influence uh, you know, and again, that's just my opinion. I don't have any uh, have any facts on that, but we do know that that um, you know, obviously, the restaurant lobby has a very strong hold 
on on a number of politicians in the state of New Jersey. Again, my opinion, I don't have uh, facts to back that up, but if you follow the money, uh, you can see where these things lead. Um, and, and this is why a lot of these rules are so bothersome to me uh, as to why um, they're enacting these things in, in such a it, – really, it's – it's not even arbitrary. I mean, they want to. They, they, uh, the, the, the current director says this is going to level the playing field. It has done nothing to level the playing field. It gives the advantage to the restaurants, and it gives you guys uh, a disadvantage. So, finally, my, my last question here, Chuck. Um, I think you have a strong case. I think you can succeed on both of these things. But what's next? If the legislature does pass something in the next few weeks, do you drop the lawsuit? Do you continue the lawsuit? What, what, what happens? Well, uh, so I would be incredibly surprised if that happens, but absolutely. Like, you know, the lawsuit is really just, you know, all about our ability to run our day-to-day business uh, without without interference and the ridiculous rules right. uh, that that are now in place that are hurting our business. So, you know, really, that and if there's something that comes along that, uh, you know. That addresses that, you know, and, and the, the laws. I, you know, from experience, I mean, we've been open for five years. I've been involved in this for, you know, there's no lived and breathed it every day. Right. I'm not holding my breath because <laughs> I know how the state, how the legislature works. And, you know, and even that, it's got, even if it goes to the assembly and through the Senate, it's got to be signed by the governor. Right. You know, so, um, you know, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the governor does the right thing. Um, I think there's, you know, something I'm a little concerned that what we're asking for is going to get watered down by the, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, interest, uh, the, against us, you know what I mean? That, that, you know, they're going to start saying, well, uh, you know, maybe instead of 25, maybe 35 events a year. And it's like, no, unlimited events. <laughs> right. I know. That's, I... Not even, that's like a non-negotiable. So even if it comes in a modified form, um, it, it, it's still, you know, the fact is a lot of this stuff is just bad law. It needs to go away. Yeah, I, I, like I said, Chuck, you know me. I, I've been on your side since the beginning. I've been on the side of the brewery I since the beginning. It. And, yeah. and I, I really think that um, uh, the ABC has far overstepped their bounds in, in what they can do in terms of regulating, uh, you know, regulating entertainment instead of regulating alcohol, which is what they are supposed to do. Uh, and it seems like they haven't done it. The other thing you mentioned, the governor, will he sign the bill? Will he not sign the bill? The fact that he has been silent uh, for the most part this entire time shows uh, to me complicity uh, with the restaurant lobby. Why he has not been vocal about this at all. Remember, this is the same governor who last year lobbied the breweries to say, hey, listen, uh, a shot and a beer. Get yeah. your shot, and we'll give you. We'll get you. We'll give you a free beer. It's a great idea. And it was you guys who had to tell the governor, "Hey, by the way, it's illegal uh, due to the rules of the ABC. We need to have something grandfathered in to allow this to happen." So the the governor himself didn't even know that he, that you couldn't uh, give away uh, a free beer uh, if somebody went and got their shot, which is again absolutely ridiculous. So uh, I, I think the governor needs to be more informed on this. I think the governor, if, especially. If he's championing small business, and you're talking about a small business segment that uh, re- that gives to the to the state of New Jersey over a billion dollars annually collectively between all of you guys, why would you want to lose that revenue, that taxable revenue uh, that has been such a boon to the state over the last ten years? Am I right or wrong? You are absolutely right. You nailed it, Al. 
Thank you. All right. <laughs> my my guest my guest has been Chuck Garrity, the founder, president, Death of the Fox Brewing. They're located in Clarksboro, New Jersey. Deathofthefoxbrewing.com is the website for more information. Do yourself a favor, get down there and check him out. Support these local craft breweries. It's important. The fight is going to continue. Chuck, uh good luck with the lawsuit. I really do hope that uh things succeed and that you you guys have a certainly a winnable case and i know that your lawyers are going to be working day and night uh to make this happen thanks so much for joining me for this special edition of the Alcatulo craft beer cast i really do appreciate it thanks al have a great day you got it thanks for everybody who puts together this show along with uh all, you know my guest chuck garrity from death of the fox brewing and of course last but not least the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the best of edition of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody.